Moody's pegs Kenya's outlook at negative and cuts Cameroon's rating due to delayed external debt repayments. From over a thousand cities and 126 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. International service provider Sparkle inked a deal with UAE-based Kush Investments Firm to provide a virtual fiber solution in the upcoming Blue and Ramana submarine cable systems to serve the East Africa region. The agreement is envisaged to accelerate the development of international telecommunication infrastructure and contribute to support the impressive digital growth in Africa. Ryan O'Grady, CEO at Care Africa, joins us for this episode. How will the new fiber solution create opportunities for innovation and infrastructure development in Africa? When a livestock farmer in rural Somaliland can access markets in Saudi Arabia via their mobile app, booking a sale, setting a price, arranging shipments from Berbera, that's the impact of mobile technology today. It's a great example of what we would think of as a non-digital sector making use of the digital economy. Similarly, a young woman can sit in Kigali, take an online university course, can do digital training modules, build a proof of concept for the digital space, get feedback from Nigeria, from South Africa, from colleagues or, or, or friends in Egypt, and then crowdfund an initial rollout. This is the power of the infrastructure that is being created and is needed for the digital economy today across Africa. But one key area that's holding us back is cost. We have to focus on lowering the cost of accessing internet in Africa. It's a massive drag. Companies will argue that it's the cost of infrastructure deployment, cost of borrowing, cost of operating. And don't get me wrong, much of that is true. But as businesses, we have an obligation to focus on digital inclusion in Africa. And in doing so, we need to start looking at different operating models. We need to align well with what IFC's digital strategy is doing today, what the work of AFDB is doing to enable market access, to collaborate with Afrexum Bank, for instance, on cheaper trade financing to finance the importation of equipment at better prices. We focus so much on the innovation that comes out of the digital space. But what we don't pay attention to is the innovation that needs to be built into the infrastructure deployment so that we can lower these costs and enable higher inclusion through lower pricing. What impact do you envisage the solution having on digital growth in Africa? Africa's startup ecosystem and entrepreneurs continue to bridge the digital divide and are driving innovation through impactful solutions across the board. They're not only providing innovative, but also impactful digital solutions. It is in Africa where we saw the first use of drone technology to transport blood to rural areas or support hospitals in some of the most remote parts of the continent. This shows the impact of innovation in the digital economy. We cannot talk of the inspiration of M-Pesa and other fintech solutions on the continent enough. These have given access to the previously unbanked uh, elements of the population. They focused on inclusion. And now they're leading to a more thriving digital economy. A few weeks back, I was in Kigali at Norskin House, which is the largest tech accelerator in Africa. They've gone from about 10 million in investment into digital sector startups last year to over 30 million in one quarter alone this year. The secret sauce is not so secret. They created an enabling environment. They brought some infrastructure, which is great infrastructure. They've done some inclusion tactics. 
some capacity building, technical assistance, and with great ideas comes access to capital because capital flows to where opportunity thrives. And Norskin, as well as Rwanda, are great examples of that in action today in Africa. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Today's top currency losers were the Nigerian Naira that depreciated by 2.29%, the Japanese Yen by 0.86% and the Mexican Peso by 0.49%. Gains were led by the Australian dollar that appreciated by 0.96%, New Zealand dollar at 0.39% and the Swedish Krona at 0.38%. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index rose 0.5% to 78,873 on Monday, ending July about 3.7% higher as traders welcomed signs that major central banks around the world are on track to end the interest rate hike campaign. Woolworths and Goldfields were among the top performers on Monday, while Mr. Price and Netcare booked the biggest losses. Meanwhile, fresh data showed South Africa unexpectedly posted a trade deficit in June. And a quick trip around Africa, Google has partnered with Verve, the largest domestic card scheme in Africa, to make digital transactions on Google Pay Store easier and more accessible for Nigerians. Nigerians can use their Verve cards to make purchases on the store, strengthening the digital ecosystem in Nigeria. Under the new arrangement, Google will process Verve transactions within Nigeria, and these transactions will be undertaken in the Nigerian Naira and treated as local transactions by the country's banking institutions. Anthea Crawford, head of retail and payment partnerships at Google Play says the introduction of the local payments with Verve cards is a significant milestone, enabling more Nigerians to participate in the app economy and access the apps they need. In Cameroon, Moody's has cut its rating due to delayed external payments. Moody's Investors Service cut both Cameroon's foreign and local currency long-term issuer ratings, along with its senior unsecured debt rating, to CAA1 from B2. The agency kept its outlook on the country unchanged at stable. And in Kenya, Moody's has pegged Kenya's outlook at negative after placing it under review in May. The negative outlook reflects the downside risks associated with the country's liquidity position and its refinancing needs. The country's credit rating was affirmed at B3, which is six notches below the investment grade. In Tanzania, tourist arrivals soared to over 409,000 in a quarter one of 2023 from 289,000 in quarter one of 2022, mainly due to the government's initiative to promote the tourism sector. Given that Tanzania is perceived as affordable holiday destination in the international context, the belief is the global economic slowdown will only have a small bearing on the tourism sector of the short run. South Africa recorded a trade deficit of 3.5 billion rand in June of 2023 compared to a downwardly revised 9.57 billion rand surplus in the previous month and way below market estimates of 11.85 billion rand surplus. Exports fell by 8.6% from the previous month to 167.6 billion rand, mainly due to shipments of vehicles and transport equipment, mineral products, precious metals and stones and base metals. On the other hand, sales of vegetable products 
rose 4%. Meanwhile, imports dropped 1.6% over a month earlier to 171.2 billion rand, mainly driven by decline in purchases of precious metals and stones and prepared food stuff, while purchases of original equipment components rose by 4%. Considering the first half of the year, the country's trade surplus narrowed sharply to 5.6 billion rand from 129.6 billion rand in the first six months of 2022. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at with a dome.